Welcome back to Up The Villa podcast. This is our Man City preview. Manchester City v Aston Villa. Um, how ironic now that all the talk about Man City and then we preview Man City and we get to talk about it all now. So it feels like hot topic number one is going to be in this conversation. So we will get on to uh, Manchester City uh, you know, what it means for the league, all of our opinions on it as well. But we'll start off with um, previewing the game. It's why you're all here. So if you are new, subscribe to the channel, drop this video a like, get involved in the comment sections down below. Joined by Justin and Ryan. So Man City coming up for Aston Villa. It's going to be a difficult game, as we all can imagine. We're coming up against a side with world-class players um yeah how they got them world-class players we'll uh talk about in a minute as well but um yeah so it's gonna be a difficult game we need to bounce back don't we we need to put in a performance we need to um you know get back to winning ways as the saying goes but we're going for four away wins in a row which won't be a record but it could be if we get to the five slash six mark um, and Unai Emery up against Pep Guardiola. And Manchester City, I mean, we, I was going to just talk about what was going on on the pitch because from what I'm watching, I don't think it all looks too great, uh, in my opinion. I think there's just vibes going wrong with Pep, with the squad, how they're trying to play. And it feels a bit weird because, you know, they've got the top goal score. He scored 25 goals, but it don't look like it's working, this Harlem Man City thing at the minute as well. It looks like there's just, it's it's not flowing. So, um, I think there's a bit of squad harmony. They won't admit it, but I, I imagine there's something's gone on. You know, best left back in the league has gone to Bayern Munich on loan, which is just weird. Um mm. You know, Pep's tinkering with this system, which I'm going to show you in a minute. So, on the pitch, they're not creating vast amount of chances. It feels like so much just not quite right there. And I think with everything that's going on off the pitch and what I've just said, I think Villa can, can do something in this game. I, I really do. I think if we go there in prime away form, what we've been doing with a game plan... I think we can pose them a lot of problems. So uh, we'll have a look at some of the stats and then we'll get into everybody's thoughts. So let's have a quick look then at the form table. And like I mentioned, Man City's form is on the left-hand side. In the last five games, we're currently more informed than Man City. They have lost to Manchester United and lost to Spurs. And I mean, in that Spurs game, that they were... Not not great. They they weren't great at all. I, I didn't think watching that game. Um, Spurs had so many counter-attacking opportunities that it could have been more than 1-0. Um, our head-to-head isn't great reading. 28 wins for Man City, only seven for Aston Villa in the Premier League era. Uh, the last couple of times we've played them, it's not been as bad as what you'd probably imagine. I think we've been... We've been holding our own in a lot of these Villa Man City games recently. You've got the narrow defeats rather than the 
the sixes and the fives, which, you know, prime Aguero had. I mean, every time it felt like we played Man City, Aguero would score. He'd got 10 goals against Villa. Uh, Joe Hart had a record of eight clean sheets against Villa. Uh, De Bruyne has currently got five assists against Villa. So, I'm glad the Aguero is out of the picture because he always just used to love scoring. But, you know, we had a 1-1. Probably should have got some at last game of the season there. And then, like I say, a couple of two ones. Uh, this is how Man City lined up in their last game. I'll get into this formation in a second. Um, their average positions from this game as well. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of playing with four forwards. Um, and then this is where they're attacking left, centre and on the right. So, Ryan, how are you feeling? Man City up next. Yeah, um, City, the City camp, getting bad vibes, man. All is not well there, is it? All is not no. well. I know they've only lost one game, but the whole season, it's, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right there at the minute. Um, feel like the system got a little bit stale. He's, he's tried to change it up, and it's not quite working. I, I just feel like they're suffering a bit of an identity crisis at the minute. Um, obviously, they want to feed Haaland because his record is incredible, isn't it? His, his goal scoring, he's a machine, he's, he's ruthless, he's clinical. I've, I've never seen a striker hit the ground as much as he has in the Premier League, but they're struggling to feed him now. Yeah, it's crazy to think that Manchester City, with all their talent, all their attacking players, are struggling to break teams down. They're like incredibly lacking creativity at the minute. It's like imagination, they're not creating any chances and they're not feeding Haaland. Um, now, Pep, possession-based, isn't it? He? he loves possession. He loves control. But Haaland's not the type of striker for that system, is he? You know, they've no, played with false right numbers. what you're saying because the way in which you play to a, a Haaland is, I'm not going to say risk, but you've got to take opportunities to get balls into the box. You've got to play balls over the top, which they're not currently doing at the minute. So I think the fact that they are they want all the play sort of nice possession, keep the ball, I just feel like it is hindering them a little bit. And I think if you look at, say, like when they had David Silva and Aguero, there was so much movement up front. There were so many people moving out of positions and interlinking. But when you stick a striker that's occupying centre-backs, it's a little bit different to, to the type of players that they've had before. So I, I'm with you. I, I think that's why they're having this little bit of a, 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 a an identity crisis. Yeah, what, what I found strange as well when I, when I watched the Tottenham game was the lack of width as well. You know, when you got Haaland, you want to stretch teams and open teams up, but they weren't. They were so narrow. And Haaland, I think you had the average positions there. If you look at him, he's beyond the halfway line. He kept dropping, you know, similar to what Kane was doing, dropping deep. And I just don't feel like that's Haaland's game. So they, they, they are lacking that cutting edge to feed him. Um, so I don't, I don't know, has Guardiola just tinkered a bit too much? Or you, you know what he's like. He's, a, he's ahead of his time. He'll probably... You know, you'll probably rock up with this tactic next season and, and, and they'll be looking class. But at the minute, it just, it, 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 yeah, like I say, an identity crisis at the minute. And Justin, what are you thinking? Yeah, that, interesting, really, because we, we are 
the last probably six, seven games, historically now, we we, we give him a game, don't we? Losing by the yeah. odd goal against a team of that calibre. Um, yeah. You know, they, 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 do, they can take teams apart, can't they? We've seen that over the last five or six years, but they're not doing it at the moment. Like you've both been saying, you know, that they are struggling to, to open teams up when you think the quality they possess, you know, in attacking areas. But they've got too many players just not informed at the moment. So I think with what's going on off the pitch, we've just got to feed into that negativity. I think we've got to go there with nothing to lose. It's it's a free hit for us, really. You know, mid-table, uh, nobody probably outside of Villa fans expect us to get anything there, after, especially them losing last week. Um, so we've got to disrupt them. We've got to go there. We've got to play our game. We've been excellent away from home under Emery. Three straight away wins. We, we, you know, we're good on the road. We've got a very good... The system that we're playing currently seems to... To, to benefit us better away from home. There is a little bit, there's still this little bit at home in there that's just hanging over us a little bit. This, I don't know what it is, like a, a bit of a jinx at the moment at home. We just can't quite click at home. Um, and then, then then the Haaland thing, you know, comes in absolutely unreal first what, 15 games. It looks like he's going to blitz, you know, the Dixie Dean record of like 60 goals in a season, which, you know, you never thought ever going to be, rec- you know, beaten. But it just isn't working at the moment for him, is there? And and he's in a bit of he's in between the bit of a rock and a hard place, isn't he, Pep? Because you can't you cannot leave a striker out that's scored, you know, almost double what anybody else has scored. But he's not the system doesn't doesn't suit him currently. You know, he's a six yard. I would say ninety nine percent of his goals have all been sort of tappings, haven't they? You know, he's not the kind of bloke that will. will Bladder one in from twenty five yards, although he has got that in his locker. So, so you've got to get the ball into him, haven't you? Um, but that, and, that's, and there what, he that's stopped, what they're not doing now yeah. against Tottenham. They didn't, no, even not, no. they didn't even create a chance. For I him. mean, he stopped, historically, that they've they've done really well as like without playing strikers for false nines and playing midfielders up there. You know, Jack played there a bit, didn't he? You know, and the Bruyne's played there. The Mares has played there. They've played, they've all played there, and. It, it becomes very difficult to play against them because you don't know, you know, the way they play football and the style they play. You know, I loved Guardiola's Barcelona, probably my favourite football team almost of all time. And the way they played, they just pass you to death. And I know some people find that boring and it's not direct enough. But if you've got the ball, the opposition can't hurt you, can you? And that's sort of, it's simplifying his philosophy, but that's the way they're playing. And, and at the moment, it, 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 for whatever reason, it's not working for them. So we've got a huge opportunity now with everything that's going off on off the field, which is hopefully keeping them occupied there. And, you know, I've seen a couple of press conferences already with Guardiola. He, he looks very, very annoyed already because the questions are coming about, not about the football, but about what's going on off the pitch. So I think we've just got to go and have a go at them. We've got to feed into it. The fans will be massively up for it. I'm going on Sunday, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I think we've got to be loud. We've got to be vocal. We've got to make sure they know. Start going well. And and with City, you don't want to get behind early and you don't want to go one, two or three behind because you're done then. But if we can get in at half-time, like we have been doing, and you know, competitive, if we can make it a competitive game and if it's nil and after half an hour and we've had a few chances, we're not just being penned back then we've got a great chance for me. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, they leave, the last game, they left De Bruyne out on the bench, which is just mad in itself. You know, they, they got to a point in the Spurs game where, they, you know, they looked like they were running out of ideas, uh, just waiting for something to happen. Um, but I ju- think- just on that, sorry, Luke, just on that point, you're right with... with I always think this about the hype. I'm, I'm talking about the hyper elite teams now. So your Man City's, your Barcelona, well, your PSG's. 
Once you've got 22 players at least of all equal qualities, they're all world-class, you can only play 11 of them, can't you? So it's irrelevant. You know, you say, oh, City are brilliant. They are brilliant, but you can only play against 11, can't you? So you've got to leave quality players out, haven't you? And it's got to cause a bit of angst because players like De Bruyne... Well, yeah, because one of them's gone. Cancelo don't want to do it. There's one. He don't want to do it anymore. They'll do it for a year or two, and then they just think, sod it. I want to play football. Yeah. And uh, one player that is getting better at Man City, he's having a better season this year, is Grealish. But again, they, 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 it always feels like they're reluctant to let him do his natural game. Because, you know, as a winger, when you, when you, when you are a winger and, and you're tasked with, you've got the ball at your feet, take someone on. You know, there's, there's always an opportunity for the defender to win that challenge, to win that ball, and then you've lost possession. So it always feels like when you do watch Grealish at Man City and you and you see him knock it backwards and he knocks it sideways and he keeps doing it and you sort of think, why doesn't he just do what he was doing for Villa? It's because he doesn't want him to lose the ball and that's the bottom line. And I, and I think, again, that's why when you watch him and he just keeps knocking it back, it's because... They don't want to lose it, and, and that's a simple fact. But there has been one emergence at Man City this season, one player that sort of stood out, and, and, and he's now sort of a focal point to how Man City are playing this season, and it is Rico Lewis. So if we have a little look now and we share the screen at how Man City are setting up this season, then so uh, predominant, you know, they've got Edison in goal, and they are doing something which is a little bit more unusual. So what they're doing is they start the game with a back four. So the back four will be Walker, Lewis, um, Akanji, Stones or Laporte, whoever they're playing. You've got Rodri in the middle. And then what they're doing is they're putting four players across the front line. So it could be Mares, Grealish, uh, Silva or... Um, Who's the kid that we were going to sign from? Like, never from Alvarez. Um, Alvarez, Alvarez, yeah. Julian Alvarez. But what, what they are doing this season is, and, and Villa tend to do it slightly, but to not, not to this extreme, Liverpool do it as well. Is what happens is with Rodri, Rico Lewis then goes into midfield, which then creates a three across the back. So they're playing uh, Kanji, Ake and, Sto- and uh, Walker at the back. Rico Lewis then goes into midfield and floats about this area. You've got Rodri in here as well. You've got four players across the front line and then you've got Haaland. So that is how Man City is setting up. And if there's one man I think can expose this, it's Unai. Unai, expose this formation. Because <laughs> in transition... When they are on the attack, it showed against Spurs that when they lose that ball, there is gaps. There's gaps and holes in this side, and it can be exploited. You're telling me that you can't exploit a left-back that's going into midfield, then they're having a back three with a right-back in that back three as well. I think this is why they're having a few problems, and... You know, there's a lack, there's a bit of a lack of movement in this area as well. So, you know, that's how they're setting up. I thought I'd just show Villa fans how they are setting up. But, Ryan, I, th- I think that's where most of the trouble coming from, Luke, the defense. Um, if you go back to that screen now, 
Um, they're set up at three at the back, don't they? Yeah. Um, three at the back. So, but then the wingers are more narrow. They're so narrow. I was, you know, going back to Grealish, we was watching Grealish the other day and he was so narrow and he takes the ball out wide and he was up against Emerson Royal. And it was a good battle and it, it yeah. felt like the Grealish of old, didn't it? Where he's picking the ball up and having to go, get him fouled. And I thought I'd have a quick look at his foul count. And this season, he's sort of getting back to the, the Grealish we, we knew. Um, it only in spells, but 2.7 fouls a game, Grealish this season. Last season was 2.1. So he's not, that to me is telling me he's not really taking anyone on, which, which we know, don't we? He's getting the ball, he's laying it off. For Villa, the last season, he was getting fouled 4.2 times a game. So you can see how much his game has completely changed. And I don't think City will, will ever see the Grealish that we had. You know, prime Grealish for 18 months. He was completely like, unstoppable, wasn't he? And it's a shame we'll never see that Grealish again. But he's my one to watch for this game. We will when he comes back. Yeah, maybe. But he is my one to watch for this game. Because like he's only played, what, a couple of minutes against us in that yeah. Villa Till I Die game. I he feel like get... he'll start this. Yeah, he didn't get off the bench on that final game of the season when they won the title, and he didn't get off the bench at Villa Park this season, did I? Uh, did I? So, um, yeah, I think he will have a role to play. But still, though, the goals and the, and, and the assists, they're not really tightening up at City. So, um, yeah, he's not had a successful time uh, since he's been there. But the more we approach this game, the more I'm getting excited. <laughs> the City fans are screwing about that defence because yeah. you've got Akai, was it, is it Nemanja? Nemanja? And, yeah, Nemanja, sorry. Akanji, yeah. Yeah. And Walker, then back three. Now, City have always built from the back. Ball-playing defenders, Laporte, Stones, Walker would get down, Cancelo would get down, they'd be, they'd be inverted, they'd be on the wing and they'd build from the back, but you're not, seen any of that it's like really laboured and I've seen the one Man City uh, fan on, on one of the podcasts call themselves Recycle FC because all they're doing <laughs> is just obsessed with the ball back forth sideways they, haven't, they, they seem to be lacking that penetration and I, and I think Emery's going to be licking his lips I do think we will we will counter the hell out of this City side and Nine points out of nine away from home. We're going to go there, like, completely full of confidence, and we? Nothing to lose. Yeah. We want to just keep them unsettled. We want to get that. That crowd's going to be nervous anyway. Pep's going to be rattled this week because you know, come Friday, on that yeah. press conference day, it, there's going to be no talk of football, is there? It's going to be all about the no. FFP, which we'll, we'll get on to, to a minute. But that will rattle Pep as well. And I, I can, the, the move's not right anyway. And you, you, you're dropping this on top of that as well. I think it's a perfect time for us to go and rock up. Yeah. I really do. I do too. I think there's there's never a good time to get to Man City, is it? let's put it like that. But if there is ever a good time, I agree with you. And, and the possession-based football they play is utterly pointless if there's no cutting edge. It's, you might as well just not bother having the ball because if you've, got, if you've not going anywhere, what's the point of keeping it? And, and what, what Luke highlighted there is he, right, you know, that they commit so many people forward because what, they, what, they're, what, they're, what they're counting on is just ball retention. So they're counting on getting into the final third and holding on to that ball and just going backwards and forwards, left and right, left and right, until they find that opening. Now, if we can press them, really press them, and then nick the ball off them and then transition quickly, 
then then they all of a sudden they're going to be turning around and seeing three or four of our players hopefully racing in on three three at the back. So I remember Wolves going there and having a couple of really good um, wins against them, and that was because they pressed high and they had Adama Traoré on the break, and they couldn't cope with him because because the, once they'd lost the ball, they had that many players in the final third that are just milling around, knocking the ball around that, that, that they got done on the break. You know, I think they lost twice, you know, to them. So let's try that, you know, press them, press them, like literally every single player, press them, nick the ball off them and just, just hit them on the break. That, that's, I well, think, that's I think, the way to beat I them. think, um, you know, it's important Watkins and Bailey have a good game because we know we like to play out from the back, but I think against City, you, you can get a bit of joy if you go, I'm not saying long ball go long. I'm saying no. a, a ball that's aimed in the correct channel, the correct area. I'm not just saying like oofing upfield. Yeah, it can't and, be and, aimless, no. No, I'm talking a, a penetrative ball that's going to s- split centre-backs or, or in an area where they're going to be isolated and we can have a run at one of their um, three at the back. So I think that is um, an area where we can hurt. And with Bailey... With Watkins, with Buendia picking out pockets of space, so I know we I know we're going to do the, um, the 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 predicted lineup one tomorrow, um, but I would try something a bit different. So we'll wait for that one for the predicted lineup. Okay, cool, right. So let's move on then to we've got to say alleged breach of financial fair play rules <laughs> because they technically are not guilty yet, but allegedly. The Premier League would not go with this over the amount of years that they've been looking at their accounts if there wasn't concrete evidence that they had breached these rules. And they are over 100 times spanning the course of nine years. Um, They've won three three league titles in that period. Um, And for me, they're has to be the most strictest um, set of things to happen to them physically going if they, if they are found to be, um, you know, breaking these rules. Because, you know, if you look at FFP as a whole, it's set up that you can, you can only spend what you earn, right? So the teams at the top of the Premier League are... The teams generally with the most money, you know, City, Chelsea, United, Liverpool, Spurs, the teams at the bottom, the teams in the Championship, the team, some of them ain't got a pot to piss in after, basically. So for them to ever close that gap and to challenge with Man City, it is neon impossible. You know, it's absolutely impossible. And, you know, every team generally plays by the rules, don't they? You know, you play by the rules, you play within your means, you can only do what, you know, the spreadsheets say that you can spend and what you can't do. And what I can't understand is how the one of the richest clubs in world football are the ones that have done all of this and they're the ones that have been looked into because they've got a vast amount of money and for them to try and, you know... You know, they've got stuff here like, um, you know, the alleged money that they gave to a manager wasn't the amount that they'd said they'd give to a manager. It was two different types of payments. You know, 
infl you know, inflating what they earn, hiding what they spend. It's just ridiculous. And I think, you know, I think Man City fans will feel like they're hard done to because it's not them. But at the end of the day, if you break the rules and you bend the rules, then you've got to pay the punishment of what the punishment can be. Now, to give them a fine, what's the point? To dock them 40 points in a season, what's the point? Because they'll get another 40, stay up or whatever. So I think if they are found guilty, then for me, they have to have a massive, massive punishment. And I literally do feel like they should be relegated. They should be relegated from the league. And that sounds like a far-fetched thing to do. But, you know, if you look at the Premier League as a whole, it's, it's absolutely global. The, the, the audience that the Premier League have is right across, you know, right across the world. That, they would say that their audience isn't, isn't us. It's not, we're not the audience. The audience is what happens as a far. And I think you've got, you got to look at what it can do and the precedent that it can set. Because if, if it is just a fine, then what you'll find is that every single club will do it. Every single club will, will just do what they've just done. And it will just become absolutely ridiculous. And I feel like this is a chance for the Premier League now to really hone in and, and sort of get a grasp of of, um, of the spending and, and what happens and, and set a level of, you know, how a club should be operating and use these now as an example of this is what you don't do. And, you know, and, and I, I was listening to some Man City fans the other day and they were saying, you know, oh, Newcastle have got all this to come. And I was just thinking, well, Nah, maybe they haven't because if they just continue to do what they're doing and spend wisely and season on season improve, they can watch the shit show that you've had and realise the mistakes that you've had and, 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 you know, look nothing like what you do. So I think it is annoying because, you know, we're all competing against this team that allegedly have broke the rules and the rules of the competition and the rules that are set like... Everybody would love to just go out there and spend what you want. Do you know what I mean? Like Villa have got really wealthy owners. Wouldn't we like to just go and splash 200 million, 300 million, 100 million? But you can't. You, you physically can't do it. So I think the fact that allegedly they've done it and they've won all this stuff by spending all that money is just ridiculous. And it's really annoying and it's frustrating because, you know, we're in a league grafting, trying to compete. And then look at what you're trying to compete with. So that's my thoughts on it. We'll go to Justin. Um, what are you saying on it? Oh, I think it's disgusting. And I think it's been coming for a long time. They've basically been creative, haven't they? Um, a lot of big companies do it in, in every aspect of business world. Um, and, and they've just tried to bend the rules, haven't they? The thing is, they've got an owner. You might, Justin. Yeah, sorry. They had owners that had totally unlimited wealth, so and they were prepared to basically put as much money in as they as they wanted to to get them to where they wanted to get to, and then they come up against the problem. They might have a hundred billion pound, but you can only spend this much because you can only spend what you bring in. So how do we get around this problem? And I said it almost immediately when they changed the name of the stadium to the Etihad Stadium. Almost immediately when that shirt sponsorship went to Etihad Airways, I'm thinking. That's dodgy, that is, because 
all of a sudden you've got a parent company of the owners sponsoring your team and sponsoring the name of your stadium. So what's to say you can't just write a blank check and say, well, we sponsored this, this much. And that's one of the things that's been thrown. I was reading Kieran Maguire, who does a fantastic podcast all about it. And he said that he said one of the things is the Premier League appears to be claiming the money was actually coming from club owner, which doesn't count towards FFP. It was being disguised as sponsorship income, which does count towards FFP, which is dodgy. So there's no way in the world that they haven't, that, that, that the Premier League haven't, they wouldn't have gone public with this unless they knew they had a pretty good case because they know that Man City are going to rock up with 100 top lawyers and they're going to pick this apart. And I would be gobsmacked if they get a huge fine. I would be gobsmacked if they get any kind of sanctions against them because this is going to drag on for a long, long time still. I want it to happen. I think it should happen. I think that these clubs have got to be held accountable. And just because you've got the most money doesn't mean that you can just ignore the rules. It is pretty disgusting. I mean, the fact that they they every year that they're, they're topping like the the, the income the sponsorship income that their fans they've got a pretty good hardcore set of fans like most clubs have, but they have not got the worldwide appeal of a man of a Man United, of a Barcelona, of a Real Madrid. They just haven't. They haven't historically got that kind of size of fan base. So outside of Manchester, they're not that big. So how do they keep topping all these all these things? There's there's got to be something behind all this. That just simply has to be. And there's no smoke without fire. I would love nothing more than to get relegated for this. And, and personally, I think everything they've won during these periods from 2009 to 2018 should be struck from the record. And now I'm not saying that because I want Villa to to win something that you know where we lost it. Because I just put nobody's won them in that year because I think that needs to show that. You can't get away with this stuff. You just can't. And it shouldn't be allowed. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years' time we're not doing the same thing with Newcastle because, unfortunately, the, those kind of owners with that kind of money will always try and find ways around the, the rules. That's just how life is. That's how everything is. You know, people with money try and get around rules and, and to benefit themselves. And it's unfair. It has been unfair. FFP is unfair. It was brought in to to, to, to level the playing field. And it, it hasn't. Exactly what you said. The more money you make, the more money you can spend. So there's got to be a way. A bit like the, the NFL do it when they have salary caps and they have, you know, you can only spend so much on wages per year. And, and then you have like a draft every year where the best players go to the worst teams to try and even it out. And it doesn't matter. It does even the playing field 100%. So there's got to be a rethink. I don't think there will be. I can't see it changing with probably even in our lifetime, to be honest. But I think now they've thrown this much at them, something has got to stick. Because if it doesn't, then that's as big a disgrace as what Man City have done for me now. Yeah, it, it does just feel like the fact that the Premier League have gone at it. Ryan, there's got to be summer in it, not really, surely. Yeah. Yeah, you don't spend four years investigating a club, do you? For it to come to nothing. But, but the, sorry, before I put into you, the, you know, this isn't new to Man City. They've been investigated before and yeah. they got banned from Europe, but they went to a court of arbitration and they got sort of like time stamped out of it, didn't they? Because they couldn't go back as far as what the investigation needed to they then got put back into the competition, didn't they? But they were banned from Europe for two years and they had that overturned. 
Yeah, yeah that's because they went to Cass. That's because they went to Cass and got good lawyers, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Exactly. But but, but for, for the me, League soon... one. Sorry, the Premier League one. They they can go back, can't they? Yeah, they can, yeah. They can go back, and, and it can't go to Cass. This one can't. Yeah, so they can't take it to court. Um, but the thing is, though, soon as it got announced, their statement, their statement. We welcome, we welcome it. We're very surprised by it. We welcome the investigation and we've got irrefutable evidence. Do you know what I mean? There's a saying, well, we've got undeniable evidence, whatever, welcome it, bring it on. But that, if they had the evidence, that, they should have shown that, shouldn't they? Well, apparently they haven't, because they said they were surprised because they'd been in talks with them and stuff like that. But that 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 is strong language. And and to have over 100 rule breaks in, in 10 years, oh, my God. And, you know, these rule breaks of what give them the foundations to be this super club. And now you, you think back to 2009 when they were taking Milner off us, when they were taking Barry off us, they crippled us. They crippled Arsenal. They took Adebayor, Lauren, Gail Sheetsy, um, Nasri. They just absolutely ripped Arsenal apart. Everton, they're taking Lescott. And so they were ripping all these teams apart. And they still do it now, didn't they? They don't need Grealish, did they? They didn't need Calvin Phillips, but they, they're still they 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 uh, cripple teams around them. Like they monopolised the league, and it's like all this has been done while rules have been broken, and, it, and it's clear, isn't it, man? You, you say about these sponsorships, I'm sure, I'm sure they sponsored the training ground for like five hundred million or something like that at the same time, and then they go and buy all these players. So punishment, they do need to get punished, but for me. I can't see him getting relegated. I cannot see the Premier League relegating. No way, Jose, because they're worth money to the Premier League as well, aren't they? Having City in the league is money in their the, pocket as well. The, the Premier League would be worried about being counter-sued. If they, if they dropped City into, say, the League One, and that, they said that was the rule, then immediately then they would they would take them to court and say, this is unfair, you know, it's restriction of trade, you can't do this to us. Uh, and then they would it would be counter-suit time. And it would, all that's going to happen is going to go backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, which, where does that leave football then? Because, you know, it leaves it in the mud, doesn't it? It well, leaves this constant merry-go-round. I'll tell you where it does leave it. It leaves it in Super League territory. Well, yeah. And this is what they want, ultimately. This is what that... That's that size of club wants. They want to be unopposed at the top of the of, of world football, not European, not English football. They want to be unopposed. They want twenty teams to just dominate world football. They want all the best players. They want all the money. They want they want an, an elite, closed off Super League. And quite frankly, if that's what they want, I'd just say go and do it. I could not give a monkeys. I don't care what integrity they think they'd, they'd have. Just go and do it and we'll carry on here without you and you'll never be welcome back. I, I, you know, it's so... And, and I would th- I would think 90% of their fan base w- wouldn't want it either because it, it would no. rip apart, you know, their, their clubs, you know. But something's yeah. got to be done with that question. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, you know, I just look at like... I just look at the... The, the product more and you know what what is the product of the Premier League and it's the football it's the football that we like we, we we love do you know what I mean and you know when you watch the FA Cup and you watch like I know it was crap for us right? like we lost to Stevenage but for football that's brilliant isn't it and that's that's what football 
he's all about like just stuff like that and you know all this like money and and stuff and you know like you look at like um is it PSV that are managed by Nisseroy uh you know he's managing like this he's you know he's got this great team that he's like formed and then like the Premier League just come and just like Gakpo Maduke who went to Chelsea yeah. Yeah. And then it's left them in like that, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know, man. It's just it's weird, but it happens yeah. to Ajax every summer, doesn't it? Yeah, so I, I think summer definitely needs to be done, and you know, it, like I said earlier, it needs to be like the precedent. So um, yeah, so Villa then going back to Villa then. So Justin, can we go there and get summer from this game then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't. Oh, I've no, no question. No right, question then. about it. We've won <laughs> three out of the last three away games. We've, uh, I think we've the last four Premier League games we're playing on Sunday. We've we've won, so we've got a great record there. We've going there with them all over the place. Hopefully, negativity. We know their fans. You know, all they're bothered about is getting their phones out and taking pictures from corners, and they don't celebrate. They're a plastic club now. I hate, you know that's just what they are. Um, Let's go and get him. Get out. Get out. Put let's put last week as one off out of the question. We've got a great manager. He'll have a plan for it. Let's go and execute the plan. Let's be loud. Be vocal. The Villa fans will be loud and vocal. And let's go and bring some points home. You know we've got nothing to lose. Yeah, definitely. So we'll finish on some positive news as well. Some good news. Ollie Watkins has been involved in five uh, goals in the last seven games. And he's also hit the 30 Premier League mark, which is not a bad little milestone to get. I mean, considering how many our all-time goal scorers got, Gabby, you know, he's kind of halfway, isn't he, really? He's halfway to that. So, uh, Ryan, you, what, are you, what are you saying? Do you reckon we can get something then? Well, put this jersey on tonight. This one, 2006-2007 season. That was the last time we rocked up at the Etihad and won. So it is a big ask. It is a big ask. Sean Maloney and Carew yeah, uh, with the goals that day. Um, it's a big ask, but um, like we've touched on, I think the, the opportunity is there. Um, I was there last season for that last game of the season. We was tuning it up. And it was party time, man. It, you know, the Dream, City man. fans, they were, they were leaving. They were leaving, head in their hands. And, it, it, you know, it was just great seeing the Villa at scoring at Manchester City. But, you know, just being in, being in the lead as well. I've been there. I've been there loads of times. And we've got hammered every time. Fours, fives. And they, they bite you as well, the City fans as well. Um, so we are. We are long, long overdue one. And... Um, this would be a great time just to boot and water down. After all them years have been battered, just while they're down on the ground, just give them a flipping kick, you know what I mean? So <laughs> see you later, three points. So, um, yes, you know, football is just the best sport in the world, isn't it? And if it's played fairly, anyone can beat anyone on their day. So hopefully it's our day on Sunday. Yeah. And, and you know... It, it is going to be a tough game. You know, the, the, no, there's yeah. got to be a, a lot of things for Villa to do well to come out of anything from this game. Um, and like Justin said, we've got to start the game well. We haven't got to concede early. We've got to stay in the game. We've got to be clinical, 
Take our chances when they come. Um, we need to copy and paste that Tottenham away performance on it because yeah, that, yeah, that was do. the blueprint for it, wasn't it? it was, that was just a perfect away performance against the top top side, wasn't it? And you know we've got to we've got to be at the same level again. And I think we? we've got to. It feels for me like we've got to take them to a, a sort of familiar territory of what they went through at the Spur, with the Spurs game. You know, like pose them questions where those players on the pitch have got to think, oh, like, you know, so just make it really difficult. So um, my score prediction for this game, um, it's one of them, and it's, it's head and heart, which ones you go with. Um, <laughs> but you know me, Villa fans, I'll go with my heart. And I'm going to say Unai Emery's Aston Villa away from home are going to stay unbeaten. 2-2 two, two for me. Ryan? I also had a head and a heart <laughs> scoreline this week. Uh, my head was 4-0, so, but my, <laughs> my heart, my heart is saying uh, also unbeaten. 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Justin? I'm not predicting a score. Um, I'm just going to say we are not going to lose on Sunday. <laughs> okay. Read cool. of that what you will. Because so, I, I got a, a sneaky feeling we might get a win, but I wouldn't want to say it. So I just yeah. think I don't think we'll lose the game. Cool. So, you know, on this episode, we've spoke about Man City quite a lot um, because of what's going on off the pitch. And I feel like we've, we've you know, if you want our thoughts on Villa, then go and watch the last three episodes that we've done, match reactions, player ratings, uh, football phoning, um, you know, and I just think sometimes it can get a little bit repetitive if you keep going over the same stuff, um, you know, playing out from the back, making mistakes. So, you know, a little bit of a different vibe today, talking more about Man City, how we can hurt them, more Premier League chat. Um, so we'll talk about Villa a little bit more in detail on the predicted lineup. Uh, but cheers for watching and up the villa. Up the villa. Up the villa.